actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. missing person call well we get those every day in the 911 center there can be a variety of circumstances and reasons why someone would be considered missing I'll discuss those further on into the episode the main thing with someone missing when someone calls about it they're always hoping the worst hasn't happened but it's definitely on their mind. No one wants the worst. No one wants a loved one to go missing. But when it happens, all that anyone would want is for the missing person to be found and done so with them being completely safe. This episode 
I'll be talking about a case of a missing person. This one has a lot of twists and turns and is still actively being investigated. The calls will not be like the normal ones I've played on episodes in the past. You'll understand a little bit more once they get going. Welcome back to Music City 911. Nobody has seen her 
Uh, I was probably the last person here last night. What time? You said 9 o'clock last night? Yeah, by 9 o'clock we went to bed. You left this morning, right? Yes, at about 9. I'm sorry. So did you see her this morning or last night? No, I saw her last night at about 9 when she went to bed. And when I left, the van was here. And so she, she was, you don't know if she was still there or not. You didn't see her this morning. Right, except the van was still here. So I'm assuming she was sleeping. What time was the message sent to your stepdaughter? Uh, what, what time? About two hours ago? <clears throat> so about two hours ago? Yes. And it specifically said they won't let me go. Pardon? Yeah, that's what the message said. And is that that's all it said, right? That's all it said. And she was last seen driving, or she was driving her. What kind of car is that? It's uh, I don't know because the car's in the shop, so uh, uh, the rental place on uh, the van that she was driving. Is that what she'd be in, or you don't know? No, I don't know. It's uh, Enterprise. She went a car from Enterprise. It's a Pacifica or something. That's the car you saw this morning, though, right? Yeah, the black van. Yeah. It's a black Pacifica? Yes. I'm pretty sure it's Pacifica. And that's a rental car? Yes, from Enterprise. All right. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> what's her uh, What's her birthday? Deborah. D-B-B-I-E, or no, her, her given her, name is Deborah. No, no, her birthday. Her birthday? And she white female, black female? Pardon me? She white or black? White. How tall is she? Uh, about five five. How much she weigh? About a hundred and fifty. One forty five somewhere around there. What color hair? Uh, blondish. Would she be going to somebody's house or? That's a good question. I thought she was out shopping for food. Her daughter came over with that strange message, and then went up to her bedroom and found out that uh, uh, her driver's license and credit card still here. So that doesn't sound like her leaving the house uh, to go shopping like I thought she was. She usually shops for food on Saturday. So she don't have any money at all with her or uh, any other car? Not to our knowledge. She has nothing. But she uh, is a purse there? Yes. She left the purse as well? Yes. Does she have family here in town? No, just her daughter. Have you tried to call the hospitals and jails just to be, be sure? Uh, no, I didn't think of calling the hospital. Okay. Go ahead. Like I said, I got them on the way out there to you. Okay. Go ahead, okay. Go ahead, go ahead and call both hospitals, Athens okay. and St. Mary's, and, and just check with okay. the jail as well to make sure. Um, and we'll have somebody come out there and talk to you. Okay. Um, I appreciate it. And your phone number? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye. The way this call starts out is a bit odd. I only say this because I've taken a lot of missing person calls. I mean a lot. At least one every day or two for the entire 22 years I've been a dispatcher. I know how people are when they call to report someone missing. They don't start off by jumping into very detailed elements right after saying, when I got home, my wife isn't home. They don't say her driver's license is still in there, the rental car is gone, and her daughter is here, and they're worried about where she is. The next bit of thing that he said, 
it would jump out before seeing her driver's license is still there. He said the daughter got a text from her a couple hours ago saying they won't let me go. Out of everything involved with the start of this call, I think I would probably lead off with that text or at least a bit of it. Most people calling in to report someone missing, the person they're calling about usually didn't come home overnight. This can be a range of instances too. A husband, wife, boyfriend, or girlfriend went out after work or whatever and ended up likely with someone they shouldn't have been with. One of the more frequent ones in Nashville, people from out of town came in for a bachelorette party or just for a vacation. They're staying in a hotel or Airbnb with friends, and they didn't show up after the heavy bar hopping they did overnight. Sometimes they're found in jail for public intoxication or a fight. Others, they may be in a hospital having their stomachs pumped. Both would be from having a bit too much in Nashville. Sometimes they meet someone and decide to continue the evening, also having a bit too much in Nashville. Other times, a missing person is known to have problems, usually drugs, and haven't been heard from for a while. There are occasions that someone with Alzheimer's or other type of mental disabilities are missing, and when that happens, the person calling from them usually does so pretty quickly. But none of those calls start out with explaining what items are missing or found still there at the house. And especially not before talk of a text of someone not letting them go. That tends to point to some sort of kidnapping or, in a lot of cases, the missing saying they need money to be released, which usually is a bad attempt at getting more money, again, usually for drugs. But regardless, in this case, the husband is calling when he got home two hours after that message was sent to the daughter. If I were the daughter and received something like that, I would have probably been calling everyone I know trying to find where she is and wouldn't have waited to call the police. That wasn't the case at all on this one, which I'll have to talk about a little bit more later on. The dispatcher in this, he covered all his possibilities pretty thoroughly. Last time she was seen, when the caller left and then got home, what items were left, which did also mention she left all her credit cards and purse behind. Also got a decent description of her and the van she was driving, which was a black Chrysler Pacifica. One of the things that I like is that he asked for the caller to call and check the hospitals. This would have been done while police were on the way over there. I believe more agencies should start asking for the callers to be more proactive in something like this. It gets the ball rolling a lot quicker. The next call we get is a bit later on from the missing person's sister, who's from out of state. Clark County Police. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Diane Shirley, and my sister uh, lives in Georgia, and my niece told me she was missing. Her name is Deborah Collier, or she could go by Debbie. Okay. And, and I'm wondering if y'all have any information about it. <clears throat> as far as, I mean, no, no, not other than with the officer or whoever is working on the case, I, I don't know anything. Um, where, was she, where did she live, do you know? Um, all I know is Athens. I'm sorry. I don't know her, her address. Collier? Okay. C-O-S-I-E-R? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have any information. Um, 
you know, when there's something, they will they will contact the family um, whenever they, like I said, whenever they have something for that. Okay. All right. We're just not getting information, so I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I'm sorry I'm about I'm that. Just, I am really worried about my sister. Okay. And... You know, she, I, you have any information where she might go, or you have anything to add? Well, to my, from, from my niece, she said that she was in an accident about a month ago, and she was, you know, on the road. She was following this truck, and this truck lost a paint can, and the paint can hit my sister's car, and the paint went everywhere. And the driver was trying to convince my sister not to tell the cops that he was driving because he was out on parole, and there was, you know, a stipulation to his parole that he couldn't drive. I'm sorry. I was going to ask, do you think that was told to anybody else? Well, do uh, you think that was told to the officer, that, that concern? That standing from my niece. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if the officer knows that, but I can have him call you um, if you want to pass it along with him, anything to help, you know? Yes, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, that's no problem. Because I'm in Alabama. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I'm in Alabama, and, you know, I, I, I'm really too, she won't, you know, she's not communicating very well with us, and I really would like to know what's going on. I got you. Yeah, since you, I mean, since you may have insight on that, let me, I'll have the sergeant give you a call. Is that okay? Yes, sir, that would be wonderful. All right, and what is, let's see here, <clears throat> excuse me one more time, what's your name? My name is Diane Shirley. And your phone number? Yes, sir. And this is your sister, right? Yes. <clears throat> her daughter's name is Amanda Bearden. She would have been the one that would, her and her husband, Steve Collier, would have been the ones filing the report. With my understanding from Amanda. Okay. Yeah, I'll just have him give you a call, okay? And just, just hang tight, all right? All right. Thank you all so right. much. No problem. Bye bye. Bye bye. People calling in with little to no information like this, they really don't help that much. They're absolutely concerned, yes. But it seems she is at least somewhat in contact with the daughter and the husband of the missing person. She can likely get any information from one of them. Something like what the police are doing, asking if a report's been made, are they actively looking for the person, things like that. The only bit of info that she added was that she was involved in some sort of a collision involving a truck and some paint over a month ago, and that the person driving the truck didn't want her to call the police because he wasn't supposed to be driving since he was out on parole. I've checked, and this isn't a common stipulation for parole at all, and it seems that it would have nothing to do with a case of a missing person. People get in wrecks all the time, and it doesn't necessarily turn up with someone going missing. Yes, a possibility, but an extremely rare one. This was ruled out of any type of connection with the case later on. A lot of people call up and think it'll be like in the movies, where whoever answers the phone will just give every detail about what's going on. It doesn't work that way for a number of reasons. The main thing is going to be verifying who the person is on the phone. 
it certainly sounds like she's related to the missing person, but without some sort of verification, which would likely be done by the officer, anyone could call in posing as a relative or someone like that and get that info. That person that's calling, if the missing person is being held against her will, could be the person that's holding her and just fishing for information. Also, a dispatcher isn't going to have a lot of info most of the time unless they're at a very small agency and have access to all the reports, they wouldn't be able to look at it for any type of information. The agency I work at, we never see the actual police reports. We get the initial info, get an officer started out that way to to the caller's location. Then we might look later on and see they check off the call with a disposition code, notating that they completed a report. This is usually all that we have. The next call is from the daughter. Um, hi, um, my name is Amanda Bearden, and um, I filed a missing persons report on my mother last night, okay. or yesterday, excuse me, and I was just wondering if maybe I could speak with the detective that's been assigned to her case. Okay, do you have any further information? I sure do. Um, I mean, do you want do you want the case number? Okay, I mean, I, I, I the case number so I can look it up that way. Um, bear with me just a second. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. Okay, it's two zero two two dash zero nine one zero um zero two one six two one six. Yes, ma'am. And the detective may not actually be in the building yet, so I, I may have to get you a patrol officer. Okay, so just bear with me just a second. Okay. Zero nine zero one zero. I'm sorry, the handwriting is not that great, but it's zero nine one zero zero two one six. Okay, sorry about that. I think I missed. You're fine. It's only me. On Rocky Drive. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, and what kind of update do you have? Just so I know what to try to. Oh no, I. I I'm sorry, I didn't mean like I had an update. I just meant, oh my God, I didn't mean, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm i not in a clear mental state. I'm just my mother that's missing. Um, I just I just wanted to talk to them. I wanted to see if maybe there was something that I could do. I do have the rental agreement number if they needed that. Um, I mean, that's the only thing that I, I have to offer. So maybe because she was in a rental car, I do have her rental agreement number. They could maybe trace the GPS in it. Okay. All right, what's your phone number? Okay. I'm her daughter. Yes, ma'am. Take a deep breath for me, okay? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'd be upset, too. I completely understand that part, like being upset about it. Um, so the officer that took your report is already gone for the day. Um, he worked last night. And then the detectives, I don't think they're in the building right now. They're kind of working on an on-call basis, so I don't know that I can get in touch with them unless I have something, you know, fresh to give them. That would be something. But I can see if I can get another officer to call you back, okay? Okay. Um, we've got the bolo out for her. We're like, we got everybody, you know, keeping their eyes peeled for her and that kind of thing. So, um, um, I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here or anything, but do I need to hire a private maybe 
because I, I, I mean, and I'm not trying to be ugly or anything, but it, 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 I don't understand why some, I mean, I, I know you don't know everything, of course, but why it hasn't, what I've asked being done, like why isn't the GPS in your van being traced? Do I, do I need a private detective to do that? I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not trying to be ugly or anything. I know. I, I just, the most help. Okay, so here's the thing. She's she's an what what is she? she's an adult. Okay, right. so that makes things a little more difficult because people are allowed to leave and go and do things without telling other people, and I know that's not a good answer. I understand that, but that is also you know that is also part of it because she is an adult. So it just, it just takes some time also to do these things. And so I don't. I don't specifically know what they've done yet or not. I wasn't here last night, so I don't know. But um, from my understanding, they would be doing everything that we know to do currently. But I will definitely get somebody to call you back, okay? Okay, thank you for talking to me. No problem. I'm so sorry. I I hate that this is happening to you. What was your name again, sweetie? Amanda Bearden. Amanda Bearden. Spell your last name. B E. A R D E N. Okay. All right. I'll get somebody to call you back here shortly, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. This call came in the day after her mom is reported missing. She's wanting to add some information in regards to the rental agreement with that Chrysler Pacifica. I'm not sure if police had that information initially or not, but if they didn't, when the report was being made, they may not have important things like the license plate info. There are quite a few Chrysler Pacificas on the road. They're not as common as a lot of other vehicles, but having a be on the lookout for just a black Chrysler Pacifica might not yield any good results in trying to locate her. She seems pretty tore up about what's going on, as any daughter should be if their mother is missing like this. She calls back a little while later. Athens, Clark County, please. Hi, can I speak with... Colonel Johnson. Okay, I don't have a Colonel Johnson. Okay, um, he he just called me. Um, I I just I have some more information for him, and I I just I wanted to get it to him. Um, my name's Amanda Bearden. Okay, okay, all right. Hold on one second. I talked to you earlier, so uh, it was uh, yes. Sergeant Johnson. We had you talk to. Hold on. Sergeant Johnson. I'm sorry. Honey. No, that's okay. Um. There's lots of Johnsons around here, so I want to make sure I got that. I get it. <laughs> um, you just need him to call you back. Uh, yes, ma'am. I, I just I thought about it, and I have her iCloud information. I, I know that it, it's a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if the phone is turned off, it would still track her. Um, but I, I do have her. I've got her Apple ID and what I thought was her password, but the password isn't working. I, I don't know if y'all have technology or whatever, but I, I do have, I, I, I don't know, I'm just, I mean, you know. Uh, All right, hold on one second, okay? Thanks, baby, call me back. Okay, thank you. All right, ma'am, he said he'd be calling you back shortly, okay? Thank you so much. All right, no problem, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This time, she just wanted to talk to the same officer again. 
not entirely sure what it's about, but I would imagine maybe something like the officers asked her to call back to follow up with this. But let's go ahead and move on to the details of what we know about this so far. The mother, Deborah Collier, she's 59 years old. She was gone a few hours before anyone called to report her missing, which was first done so by her husband. This was September 10th. Recently, security camera footage has been released from a family dollar store where she walked in and bought some odd and random items. A poncho, paper towels, a tote bag, a blue tarp, and a torch-style lighter. The family dollar she went to was about 90 miles away from their home. For those listening that don't have them, Family Dollar is a smaller discount store like a Dollar General. They have stores like that all over. In fact, in Athens, Georgia, where they live, there are three Family Dollars. It's a bit puzzling why she would go 90 miles away for a store they have three of in her own town. From there, apparently while still sitting inside that Chrysler Pacifica alone in the parking lot of the Family Dollar, she sent her daughter the message saying, Exactly. They are not going to let me go. Love you. There's a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door. What wasn't said in any of the phone calls made to police was this message wasn't the only thing sent. There was also $2,385 that was sent to the daughter via Venmo. Her daughter, along with her boyfriend, Andrew, had moved back to Athens just two days before Deborah had gone missing. Both her daughter and the daughter's boyfriend have had run-ins with the law, mostly domestic violence and some drug charges. But back to Deborah and where she was headed, she left the family dollar and started driving south along Georgia Route 15. After she left from the store, there was no other contact or video that has been recovered or released at this time. The next day, after being contacted by the Athens Police Department, Sirius XM Radio, who had a GPS tracker on the rental car, started tracking the vehicle and got a location. The Habersham County Sheriff's Department was contacted by Sirius XM Radio with that location, which was just off the road at the start of a logging road there off of that Route 15. Deputies were dispatched and found the vehicle unlocked and unoccupied. They then called for a canine unit to try to track Deborah. While waiting on more units to arrive, the daughter Amanda showed up to where the car was found. She had also gained knowledge of the location of the car from Sirius XM radio. She was frantic and was questioned by the deputies there of Deborah's mental state. Things like if she had any mental disabilities or if she'd been suicidal. Amanda told them no but said that she had a bad back and couldn't have walked that far. Canine unit arrived and started their track. While moving down a ravine, they started finding some of the items that Deborah had bought. That red tote bag was one of them. They then found a large uprooted tree where some of the other items were found. There was also remnants of a fire, and that blue tarp was found partially burned. While tracking further down the hill... They spotted a nude female laying on her back, holding onto a small tree with her right hand. She was also partially burned and in what was called an obviously deceased state. The woman they found was Deborah. Since her discovery, several search warrants have been executed 
one of which was at the home of the daughter and her boyfriend. Right now, there's not much more known about what happened, but there's surely a lot to be released. Police have said this was not likely a suicide and that her killing was personal and targeted. The only other bits of evidence released so far was that there was an unfired bullet found a few feet from the body. I've seen pictures of the bullet and couldn't tell the caliber, but can tell it's definitely a rifle round, not something from a handgun. Theories are flying all over with this. From reading on a few groups, a lot of people believe the daughter, or maybe a combination of the daughter and her boyfriend, had something to do with it. She did receive that odd message along with nearly $2,400 from her mother. One recent news report I read, it stated that the amount sent was alarmingly close to the amount of legal fines the boyfriend Andrew owes. He has been interviewed and says that he and Amanda are both living in fear now, behind barricaded doors, and have had nothing to do with the death. An autopsy is being performed, but no information as to the actual cause of death has been released. I'll be starting a post to discuss this case and any releases or theories involving it in the Facebook discussion group. If you haven't joined already, it'd be a good time to do so. That'll do it for this one. But before I go, if you wanted to sway just a bit from the hard crimes I mentioned here on the show and wanted to go a little bit more softcore, you should have a listen to a show I've just started listening to called Excuse Me, That's Illegal. It's hosted by my new friend, Leroy Luna, and he takes a hard look into softer crimes and digs deep into the cases, looking at every detail. The last episode I checked out had a couple of buddies doing a sort of a Weekend at Bernie's type bit, where they took their dead friend around and used his credit cards at various, well, let's just say nighttime establishments. Have a listen to his trailer. Oh, hey there. You like true crime stories, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Who doesn't? But I gotta admit, after a while, all those stories of murder and heartache, well, they tend to go straight to my hips. So that's why I, Leroy Luna, have created a podcast called Excuse Me, That's Illegal, where we'll take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. No TED Talks on Bundy here. The letters BTK won't be coming from these lips. Unless he had a brother that used to steal library books. Suppose I'd be willing to go balls deep into that one if that were the case. Anyways, you'll hear stories such as the Mad Pooper, a female jogger who wreaked havoc in a Colorado Springs neighborhood, using one family's front yard as her own personal dumping grounds. If this kind of content sounds like it's up your alley, excuse me, that's illegal. It's available right now on all your favorite podcatchers. So come join me. I'll be right here waiting for you. Also, before I go, I have an event announcement I should put out. For those in the Atlanta area or anywhere within driving distance from there, mark your calendars for December 3rd. I'll be part of a live show there called True Crime Live Atlanta. It'll be a big live true crime show that's going to have an absolute ton of podcasters attending. True Consequences, Defense Diaries, Murder She Told, Colts Crimes and Cabernet, Crime Lines, and a few others pass that too. Tickets are on sale now, and I'll have a link posted in the show notes. Come on out and sit back for a good discussion on true crime, probably mixed in with some games too. 
I will say this is a smaller and more intimate venue, and because of such, I believe there's a good chance of this thing selling out. If you're thinking of coming, don't hesitate to get tickets. I'd hate for you to miss out. Be sure to like the show on all social media, all of which are located in the show notes. Head over to the website musiccity911.com to pick up some t-shirts or other Music City 911 gear, or to buy me a beer, which is linked close to the bottom of the page. Head over to Patreon for ad-free and bonus mini-episodes, one of which should drop here in a few days. And finally, be sure to share the show and give a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.